passionately ugly history is geared towards those with mature vocabularies. Although we are teaching you something, we are not conducting ourselves in a professional manner. This means we curse a fucking lot. So, if you don't like cursing, female rage, millennial flippancy, or our sarc- or sarcastic political and social commentary, kindly fuck off. Okay, thanks, bye. Hello, and welcome to the Passionately Ugly History Podcast, where I, Heather, rant about the parts of history which are frankly fucked up to my captive audience. Today, my captive audience is the lovely Carrie. Uh, hi, my name's Carrie. I'm an alcoholic. Oh, wait, wrong group. I'm actually a model now. She's a model, everybody. Um, so, Carrie, today we're going to be going over the Opium Wars. Do you know anything about the Opium Wars? Uh, that would be a negative. I'm not surprised. Only because nobody knows about it, not because you specifically. Um, or maybe. Anyways, uh, so just to name a few of our sources for this podcast, well, for this episode, uh, I went to the DA Museum website. There's also a great book, which is huge, uh, called The Search for Modern History of China by Jonathan Spence. And uh, then, of course, random articles from the New York Times, Encyclopedia Britannica, and Wiki, because... Who doesn't love Wikipedia? Right, I, right. You're going for it. Yeah. Do you, you you went through all of college using Wikipedia, didn't you? Um, I don't believe I did any research at all in college. Fantastic, everybody. <laughs> Anyways, so let's get started. So opium. The earliest references to opium was from around 3400 BC in Mesopotamia, of all places. Do you know where Mesopotamia is? Uh, that would be in planet Earth. Fuck, she's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where, well, opium was known as the Hu-Gil. I don't speak Mesopotamian, so I probably said that wrong. But it means joy plant, which sounds great. I'd like five. Um, originally, it was grown along the Silk Road, which everybody knows about the Silk Road. You know about the Silk Road. Of course. That's where the road was made of silk. You have to know about the Silk Road. <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> okay. As long as you've heard about it. Um, You're so, the history major, not me. So, but obviously, the Silk Road ends in... A road. China. 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 <laughs> okay. She's got it, guys. Um, although opium's medicinal and narcotic properties were known as early as the 11th century in China, after tobacco smoking became popular in the 17th century, soldiers came back from suppressing a rebellion, uh, the rebellion of, ni- of 1721 in Taiwan, and brought opium smoking techniques to the mainland. So Taiwan at this point is part of the mainland of China, because this is back in the 1700s. She's looking at me like I know what she's talking about, guys. You at least know where Taiwan is. I know. It's in Asia. Oh, shit. I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> Anyways. So, this this general practice of leading it to the mainland uh, leads uh, us to an emperor who was, par- who was particularly challenged by opium for the first time. His name was Yong Zheng. Um, mm. He was the fifth emperor of the Qing dynasty. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. He reigned... From 1722 to 1735, his reign is characterized as peaceful and prosperous. Known, he's known for cracking down on corruption and reforming, reforming financial administration, the financial administration of China. He's a big deal. Uh, a lot of my friends who are Chinese, they when I mentioned him, because I did research and started talking to them, 
they mentioned he's one of the good ones. He's one of the good Qing uh, emperors that people liked. Um, as with most Chinese emperors, uh, he, his rule was supported by ruthless military campaigns against all who opposed him. I mean, isn't that how you do it? Yeah, that's totally. I was gonna say ruthless. Ruthless. Yeah, I mean, you got. I yeah. guess. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Anyways. Absolutely. Uh, he wanted to ban opium smoking, but there was really no legal precedent at the time. Um, we all know about no legal precedents. Oh, come on. Of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was no legal precedent in the Chinese legal system which could enforce it, so it got a little complicated. Um, one of the laws that he passed was opium dealers were punished like those who sold contraband. So things that you weren't supposed to have in China in the first place. Um, so the main punishment for those who sold po- contraband was one month of wearing what's called a kangue, which is a wooden collar. In Chinese, it's called a mujia. Uh, we're just going to call it a mujia because that's so much easier than saying the spelling for the other one. I don't even... Yeah, I'll totally remember how to pronounce any of this. <laughs> you probably won't. Um, wooden anyways, collar. It's a wooden collar that they put around your neck. And I'd show you a picture, but it's kind of self-explanatory. It's literally like this giant wooden board that they have around your neck, and sometimes it has, like, little scrolls. It's not comfortable. It's you say scrolls? Scrolls. 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 Scrolls, 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 I'm disappointed. Uh, <laughs> no, they, they put squirrels around your neck, and they nod your ears. Oh, good. It's the worst. Yeah, and then you have to feed them acorns. It's a whole mess. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Do you have money for acorns? I don't. Well, then there you go. So, know, so this right? is a problem. This is a problem. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so the stock was obviously confiscated, and you're banished to a military front because, again, ruthless military uh suppression so there's plenty of military fronts to send said opium dealer could you imagine if like the united states arrested drug dealers and sent them i'm just thinking about squirrels right now (laughs) stop thinking about squirrels i'm just thinking about squirrels squirrels have nothing to do with this topic you got it so don't or or do who am i to tell you how to live your life anyways those caught luring innocence quote unquote so basically people um into opium dens were punished by strangulation. Yikes. Like. And not even a good time? Not even, <laughs> not even a good time. Um, they obviously could appeal these sentences. I would hope that they would. Just, yeah. Um, and then smoking or growing op- opium would result in being beaten with a hundred strokes. I got no comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> so a hundred, hundred strokes of what? I imagine like a switch or a stick. I get. I mean, it wasn't really specific. These are old edicts, so I guess they. I mean, like they knew what they were. Sh- they knew what they were. The hundred doing. strokes were with. I don't imagine they're good strokes. No, of course not. Not good strokes. Now this all came to kind of a very complicated head with the case of Chen in 1729. He was caught selling opium. His stock was obviously confiscated, and he was sentenced to wearing the mujia. Uh, however, he protested it, stating that he was selling it for medicinal health reasons, which. Up until very recently um, in the 1700s. So recently, back then. Back then. Um, back in the day. It was known to be medicinal. So uh, for this this case actually got to Yongzheng personally. And it wasn't just one of his uh, his advisors or his lawmaker, local lawmakers. And he uh, uh, found that, you know, his claim was valid. So again, he wasn't put in the mujia no his stock was still confiscated and they still thought i believe that it was confiscated there's not very much about it but uh it was but that was the first thing which proved like no legal precedent he has to review this case directly like could you imagine no like think about it this way carrie imagine you rule a country 
I would love to. <laughs> it would be chaos. <laughs> this would be the greatest country. Chaos. All right, so I'm ruling a country. You're ruling a country. And imagine, like, every single time a s- certain issue with squirrels comes up. Because you've never had to deal with squirrels before. Because they're just all over the place. And you've never had to deal with squirrels before. So every time an issue with squirrels, you l- personally have to review it. Ugh. When, when the local magistrates can't figure it out. Well, because there's no, no, none of them have dealt with squirrels. Just running around eating their acorns. What if there's no acorns? Well, the squirrels are eating people. That was a jump. That, that would escalate. That, that escalated. All right, back to All the right. opium wars. We digress. All right. So as stated before, Yongzhen's reign is characterized as peaceful and prosperous, and he didn't, he didn't, he did try to crack down on opium usage. And after his reign, he was succeed. He was succeeded by Tianlong from 1735 to 1796. This is one of the longest reigning de facto rulers in history. Uh, he retired in 1796, but he lived until 1799 and kind of ruled till then. Probably. Um, he's known as capable and cultured. He inherited, obviously, a very thriving empire because Yongzheng was very, very efficient. He got a lot of things done. With There's something, something to be said about ruthless military control. Um, Sounds to me like an heiress. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, kind of. I, I uh, anyways, uh, during his reign, uh, it was it was noted as prosperous and a large po- and the population grew and as well as well as the economy. So lot the uh, population was healthy, thriving, and the economy was also healthy and thriving. So now we ruined it. Uh, no, not yet. Don't don't skip ahead. Don't skip. You don't even have the slides. Oh right. Um, this is all new to you. This is why I fail school. We were. I thought we weren't going to talk about that. Oh right. Anyways, so I'm pretty. <laughs> yes, you are. You're but you're cute. But you're cute. Anyways, not uh not too much in the way of lawmaking for uh opium use happened during his reign. More or less, he just kind of stuck to Yongzheng's edicts on opium use and just kind of followed the the general precedent of the mudia and the strangulation and so on and so forth. Um, but he was very skeptical of the British Empire, which we would find very prophetic, don't you think? Yes, those Brits. Um, well, no, don't get us wrong. As Americans, we're supposed to not like the British in this time period. I, I enjoy tea. I mean, tea is great. Yeah, tea but is tea great. is from China, right? So it's. I mean, but the British kind of Wh- whatever tea? they they did. The, the British are all right anyway. We're Americans. Yes. We're stupid. Um. Anyways, but, but we're pretty. But we'll find that that <laughs> him not liking the British Empire is kind of prophetic. Uh, so for foreigners, during Tianlong's reign, the British did try to widen commercial contacts, but were confined to Guangdong like everyone else. It was called the Canton system, because back then, Guangdong was known as Canton, and it drives me nuts to call it Canton, but I'm going to be calling it Canton for a lot of the time. Why? I don't know. It just bothers me, because oh, okay. I know it's Guangdong. Oh, okay. <coughs> yes, but for the rest of us. For the rest of us, it's... Yeah. Anyways... Uh, the court preferred this as it was easier to control taxes if they were all in one place. So all of the foreigners were in Guangdong as part of the ca- the Canton system. They couldn't really go anywhere else in the country selling goods. Ships would dock in Macau, which right now Macau is still just an island that there's a casino there. I've never been there. Oh yeah. There's a giant casino apparently. I don't know. Well, That's what, what I else hear. do you do with an island? You put a casino in it. You could, or I mean, I I hear that I like Sandals island. does other things with islands. Sandals is still a casino. Is it? At one of them. I've uh, anyway, clearly never been to the to the tropical islands. I know at lots of all. Casinos. It's sun, man. I don't like the sun. Oh yeah, right. Um, Darkness. so 
they could not really go into the country, as I said, and so ships would dock in Macau until conditions were favorable to leave. So they would go into Guangdong, drop off their stock, dock in Macau. They couldn't even dock in Guangdong. Macau. Um, so when the British tried to expand their trading opportunities as well as their diplomatic influence into China, they found it was difficult due to the tri- traditional tribute system. So when, y- so when you came up to a uh, Chinese emperor... You had to give gifts and kowtow. Do you know what kowtowing is? Uh, bowing? Holy shit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well then. <laughs> uh, so yes, it's a certain form of bowing. It's straight up like in yoga, you know how you do the child's pose where your no. chest is pressed against the ground? The only thing I know about yoga is the corpse pose. It's the best, that's the best pose. I know, because you just lay there. Um, anyway, <laughs> so for those who do know yoga, it, I mean, I don't know what kind of audience we're going to have. I at least know that my sister's going to listen to this, and my sister does yoga. Yeah. So, Danielle, <laughs> who is also going to be one of the captive audiences later. Uh, yeah, we're not on that. We're not on that one. She's next. Um, <laughs> but anyways. I'm next. You're always the one, Carrie. Good. All right. Anyways. So, kowtowing is basically you go to bow, and basically your chest is flush against the floor. Your hands are in front of you. It's like, it's not like a normal traditional, like, when, when the British bow to the king or anybody above them in British society, uh, they just do, like, the half bow. We all know the half bow. We do that when we were in, like, elementary choir, when we were bowing after we were done our choir. Did you? You weren't in choir? <laughs> I mean, I was for, like... Were you in the school plays, or did you ever bow? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I, you, you bow plenty I of I bowed to nothing. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Anyways, so the British who went there were like, nah, man. Nah. And uh, they were like, nah, nah. Um, yeah, I'm going but with they the still wanted them. to expand their trade and, and they wanted to spend, expand trade and, and, you know, set up embassies. O- originally, China did not have any sort of, it seems, any sort of ambition to take over China. They did not want China specifically. Like, kind of like, at this time, they obviously had colonized India. But they weren't looking to make China another India. So they were looking to just have political influence. Uh, according to the sources I've read, there may be other sources. If I'm wrong, please send corrections. Google it. Google it. Google will tell you. I, I had to dig through like six different articles to get half of this information. That sounds a lot uh, of work. Anyways, them not wanting to do the kowtowing and all of that and saying, nah, man, didn't go over well. Like, obviously, you don't want to do what we need you to do in order to d- to get things done. Like, this is tradition. China's a very long-running empire, and they have been working this way for longer than probably the British Empire, if I'm right. I'm pretty sure I'm right. I feel I'm like you're yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> Kowtow, goddammit. Kowtow, I never. Um, anyways, so obviously didn't go over well. Which leads us to our next player, Lord McCartney. Oh, McCartney. Mm, yes, yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. George McCartney is the first Earl of, you guessed it, McCartney. Isn't that a country singer? It's Paul McCartney. Whatever, it's close enough. And he's not a country singer. <laughs> he's part of the Beatles. Oh, I don't I know apologize <laughs> for Carrie right now because the Beatles are technically a classic. I would say she lives under a rock, but she's very tall. There's no way she was under a rock. Uh, I would say like a canopy. <laughs> she lived. In, she's lived in a canopy. I live under she's a canopy. On, like, she's above the tree line. She can't hear. It's like. It's just very dense trees. All I can hear is caca, <laughs> caca. 
Those were the Beatles, goddammit. Caca. <laughs> Anyways. Oh. So this British, this was a British statesman, uh, colonial administrator, and a diplomat. Pretty famous guy. Uh, you know that, please tell me you know the term, the sun never sets on the British Empire. You're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing you are. I know. So, um, Thank God. The, that's a term like when back in the day, the British Empire, you, you could you could set draw a line of red and it was across the country. I mean, across the world because they obviously had India. They had different parts of of Africa. They had they had Australia, New Zealand. So there was ne- the sun never set because if it, at any point in time, the sun was out in a British colony. Oh. Well, McCartney was one of the pr- people who helped set that up. He was the one who he was the diplomat who went into these countries and basically sometimes colonized them, sometimes made them willingly, willingly, quote unquote. They can't like they, they can't in, see you doing read quotes. this in italicized text. Willingly join the British Empire. Sometimes I mean, uh, I'm not here to demonize the yeah. British, but. but they were a force to be reckoned with. Uh, but in this episode, maybe. Like, arguably, I mean, if the British wanted to get shit done, they might be able to. I don't know. I'm, a, I'm an American. I don't know. Americans don't can't it. get shit done. Don't right challenge now. it. Anyways, so King George III sent him to convince the Chinese emperor to open the northern ports for trade in September of 1793. Tianlong uh, was no spring chicken then. He was obviously 1793. This is three years before he, quote unquote, retired. Again, they can't see the quotes. I know, that's why I said quote, unquote. Right. <laughs> I got but it. I'm doing the quote thing. You can see the quotes. I'm talking to you. Oh, is that what's happening? Everything's about you, Carrie. Everything is always Anyways. about me. Anyways, <laughs> obviously, so Geor- Georgie, I'm going to call him Georgie. Georgie. I, this is so I like disrespectful. It. I'm sorry, but I'm going to call him Georgie because I did just watch It Chapter 2 and Georgie. Anyways. Anyway. Georgie arrived with a shit ton of stuff. Uh, that required 90 wagons, 40 wheelbarrows, 200 horses, and 3,000 porters just to take it to the palace. And a pigeon. I mean, there might have been pigeons involved. I don't know. Courier pigeons? This is before courier pigeons. I, I don't know. All right, you're the history nerd. Excuse me? Nerd? You're what? on this nerd's podcast. <laughs> I am captivated. All right. True, true. The shackles need to be tightened. Yes. Um. So, it was nice stuff, but it wasn't that nice. Like, again, italicized quote, italicized text, that. Um, According to McCartney himself, he's the one who says it's not that nice. After visiting 50 pavilions within the palace, because the Chinese palace is huge. It's a forbidden city. It's like literally a city in itself. Which we're not allowed to go into, apparently, right? At this point, yes. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, So he, he went to 50 pavilions, and I quote, Furnished in the richest manner that our presence might must shrink from the comparison and hide their diminished heads. Meaning they're hiding. They have more shiny stuff than we do. I like shiny stuff. So do the Chinese at this point in time, assumingly. So uh, the Chinese saw this saw this as a tribute. Qianlong refused the demands and um, to the northern port issues and wrote what's known as the two edicts. As a response. Now, I'm not going to read the whole two edicts because it's long. No, read them all. We're not reading them all. But I am going to go into. Good, because uh, I would totally tune you out. I, I mean, don't you always. What? Uh, so I am going to go into. Oh, as soon as my spark thing note. works. Are no, it's not spark noting. I have it. I, I've actually, I actually have it here because yes. I come prepared. My whole life is spark notes. 
Don't give me that look. You don't even read them, though. I know. <laughs> you just go, I spark noted it. I and spark what did you, noted I it. I didn't know you had to read. Um, anyways, I didn't know I had to read So either. we're going to quote the, some expert excerpts from this. So the first line of the two edicts in my expert is, is you, O king, live beyond the confines of many seas. Nevertheless, impelled by your humble desire to partake of the benefits of our civilization. A.K.A. get out. Well, no. So first and foremost, my friends, uh, hold on here. I have to, my, my, okay, there we go. Technical difficulties. Anyways, so the first line shows that he's not very impressed. Jim Long's like, this stuff was, he, he thought the same thing as McCartney. This stuff is nice, but it's not that nice. But it's not that good. You could have, it's like, uh, I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm like, you could have done. You could have done so much better. Ooh, that's like my whole life. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Anyways. Also, he saw this as sort of a birthday gift because they arrived around his birthday. So not only did you fail to impress him with your tribute, but also what a shitty birthday present. I mean, you know. I mean, not to say like, the British did try to like this is the first attempt they made to doing the actual tribute system. And they did it right. Like, they didn't just go, oh, we're not going to give these Chinese people what they want. We're better than them. They actually tried. They're trying to be diplomatic at this point. But what they don't understand is it's a different it's different culture. Like, it's not like the normal European culture that they're used to. So, obviously, wasn't impressed. So, it, then later on it says a certain certain stuff about how Contrary to all usage of my dynasty and cannot possibly be entertained to their idea of opening a northern port. So that's 100% no. Nope, 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 nope. Nope. They noped. Your shiny soap was not great. They nope. noped the fuck out. They were like, nope, 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 nope. 100% on the nope train. Yeah, I don't trust you guys. Yeah. And it's not even trust trusting. They straight up were like, this isn't good enough. It was like, you're it was just like, no, no, no. Cool. Go back and study and come back. Um, so then later on. Later in the edicts, he says that the king himself, I'm paraphrasing that part, have yearned after the blessings of our civilization and, and in your eagerness to come into touch with our coveting influence, have set, sent an embassy across the sea bearing a memorial. I have already taken note of your respectful spirit of submission. So the you submission didn't, you part. You didn't kowtow, but the, well, you no, we did. did, did, did. Uh, so d- d- stop skipping ahead. Okay. <laughs> but note the start part of spirit of submission. He's writing directly to King George III. You're talking to a king, divined by God, mm. and telling him that, good job on the spirit of submission. You should be submitting to me. Now, mind you, this is Qianlong's country. You should be submitting to him because he is picked by God, technically. I mean, if you're going to go on If you're going to go The divine thing. Kings, blah, 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 blah. Anyways. So, ouch to King George III. Like, Like, I'm sure that rubbed him the wrong way. Yes, I bet his powdered wig was in a knot on that. Yes, a tad. Just a smidge. Anyways. So, later on, he mentions things. Like, he refers to the British merchants as barbarian merchants. Not something that the British like to be called barbarians is what they call other people that aren't like them but they don't like being called it nobody likes being called what you call other people apparently well yeah except uh, except yeah, yeah exactly yes. and then later on um chan long says 
But your ambassador has now put forward new requests which completely fail to recognize the throne's principle to treat strangers from afar with indulgence and to exercise a pacifying control over barbarian tribes the world over. So, obviously, he's still saying, yeah, you're a king, but you're a barbarian king. Uh, but, like, try again, I guess. And, and it's kind of like... Um, Treat strangers with uh, with an afar and uh, uh, f- from afar. So it's like ah, you're okay. You're all right. You're but all right, stay but over there. just stay over there, far away from me. Because the 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 That's emperor, how you treat me the all emperor the time. is not going to go to uh, uh, the. Did, we're not talking about our relationship. Uh, the emperor is not going to go to Canton. All right, that's just not going <laughs> to happen. Right, right. He's staying in Beijing. So those are the edicts. Uh, some harsh words to the the king of England. Which again, at this point, the English are scary. They're, they're, this is the height of the empire. Like, mind you, they did just lose to the Americans. America. Um, America. (laughs) But that was just because they got tired of fighting. Um, uh, I mean. Because we're a bunch of brats. Yeah, we never give up, I guess. I don't know. Never give up. Uh, It's exhausting. Anyways, back to China. We're talking about China, not the United States. Right. I don't have the energy for the United States right now. Nobody does. Uh, Despite being considered a rather effective emperor by most scholars, by by his ending years, uh, Qianlong's reign was fraught with court fractionism, which means that it's kind of, we know a lot about fractionism because our politics is wrought with it. Sure. Factionism? Fractionism. Factionism. I've been saying it's factionism. I'm like, fractionism? My bad. That sounds like math, and I'm not for it. (laughs) Yeah, not math. (laughs) I suck at math. Um, It's factionism. Sorry, everybody. Um, So we know a lot about factionism. Do you understand now uh, that the United States is wrought with factionism? Surely. Whereas one side hates the other, and that side hates this, and nobody can agree. You know. I just hate everyone. Yeah, so do I, but politically. Oh, politically, Poli- right? Yes. Yeah, which you don't you don't fucks with politi- politics. Hey. But anyways, you never know. Um, there is one favored off- officer. His name was Hushin, and he was some p- a power thirsty motherfucker. <laughs> like he was thirsty. Uh, he also, uh, uh, but we're not going to talk too much about him. He's and he just played he just played some he. But just trust me when I tell you, man was thirsty for some power. Also, Tianlong did live in the shadow of his father because his father was the Oof. one who set this up. Daddy issues. Yeah, you've been waiting. <laughs> Somebody what? had to mention daddy Somebody issues. Somebody had to mention daddy History issues. History is wrought with daddy issues. And yet you have a problem with my... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking. This isn't a psychology podcast. Oh, okay. Right. Maybe Danielle will launch one. Who knows? Could you imagine? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just don't even. Anyways. Um, that would be So great. he lived in his father's shadow. There were treasury deficits, piracy off the southeast coast, and aboriginal uprising in the southeast. Because remember, China at this time is an emperor empire as well. So they have colonies as well. Um, all for this, all of this was compounded by the expansion of opium imports. So... His just kind of lackadaisical, let's just do what dad did, um, kind of worked in his favor and against his favor because he didn't increase it to match time. You can't just keep the laws the same while the market evolves. It's uh, something that a lot of politicians can't seem to understand. What are you talking about? Politicians don't know what they're doing? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Uh, we uh, don't have that kind of time. Right. Okay. These issues are compounded at the end of Qianlong's reign, where essentially he inherit- was inherited by his successor, Dao Guang. 
Uh, his reign was from 1782 to 1850. He was he, it had it was he was soft on corruption was uh, it was more obvious during his reign. Like it was kind of becoming obvious that shit's corrupt. So like you're kind it's kind of like seeing behind the curtain. Everybody's kind of seeing it. Ooh, don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Never. Never. If you learn anything from Oz. Anything at all. Anything at all. And also So this is when we enter the phrase that I believe is from Jonathan Spence, but I didn't cite it in my notes, so I'm hoping (laughs) hoping Jonathan Spence, which is one of the foremost Chinese scholars that isn't Chinese. It should be noted that Chinese scholars in China are very very good, but I'm not going to quote them because I don't feel like spending. I spent a lot of time writing notes and translating would have added like three more hours because come on, I, I'm good at reading Chinese, but not that good. I'm not at all. Anyways, so it's he's a he it it's enters the term that would plague his entire reign called external disaster and internal rebellions. And we're going to go into one of those internal rebellions briefly. Um, but anyways, he was a well meaning this is this is in fact Jonathan Spence because I have his name next to it. Oh, good. He was a well-meaning but ineffective man. So he had all of the best intentions, but, but just couldn't get it done. We know about that. Yes, all the time. Um, we're not going to dwell on him too much as his policies are are um, a direct reflection of the first Opium War. Also, he is sort of a puppet in later years, but we're again we're not going to really go into that because this isn't about the fall of the Qing Empire. This is about the Opium Wars. Um, sometimes they're kind of hand in hand, but mm. anyways, so Daoguang passed several imperial edicts banning opium in 18, in the 1820s. So he is, is after, you know, taking over from Tianlong, uh, where Tianlong just kind of said, let's just do what dad said. Um, Daoguang's like, no, shit's different. And we're going to go hard on this because he just didn't feel like dealing with it because opium is, I mean, imagine the drug crisis in the United States, the war on drugs, which isn't a war anyways yeah so <laughs> uh, so he pa- and um in 19 and in 19 in 19 <laughs> <laughs> whoo not 1939 that was a different china altogether uh down per- passed several imperial edicts banning, banning opium in the 1820s and in 19 in 1830s all culminating to when they were finally they finally made their stand in 1839 you all right over there yeah i'm good okay all right so all the edicts were carried out by Lin Zushu. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> we can just call him Lin. Okay. Um, so they were carried out, and he was an imperial commissioner. At the end of the first opium war, it should be noted that he was blamed for everything and banished. I, I just love me a good scapegoat. <laughs> I mean, anyway, what is an empire without a few scapegoats? You got to at least have one. I mean, as as like my family's background, we know a thing or two about scapegoating. But we're, we're not going into that. I'm sure we'll go into that in later episodes. Eventually. Anyways. But in 1839, China declared a war on drugs. Because, you know, those well, always work. Those I always mean, work. How long is our Just war on like drugs? Just like the D.A.R.E. program. I mean, how long has the war on drugs been going on in the United States? Like I don't even 70s? know. 70s? Dude, I don't know. Half the drugs were given out by the U.S. government. Just saying. What? Uh, anyways. Uh, let's <clears> not get the FBI we're not, Again, here. we're not talking about... The U.S. I keep digressing. Anyways, what is this? so? They confiscated well over a thousand tons of opium from dealers who just so happened to be mostly British because the Br- because a lot of opium is grown in India at this time. And who colonized India? The British. Yes. Yes. Good job. I was paying attention. Ten points. 
Um, they don't mean anything. Do so I get a cookie? Is, this is, I do have cookies. Yes, they have ghosts on them. Oh, even better. The sugar, the sugar cookies with the ghosts. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pause for that later. You're gonna have to wait. Damn. I mean, we can pause now. No, no, no. All We're right. Good. Anyways, uh, so to make a statement, uh, Lynn's issue, Lynn, uh, who's ballsy as fuck. Let's keep that in mind. Burned the goddamn ships. Didn't just confiscate them and be like, no, go, bye. N- imagine, no, no. imagine if there was like a drug drop in Alabama, which is, or, or, we're going to go to Arkansas, actually, because there is a lot, there is a history of drug drops in Arkansas. Because why not? Um, because nobody lives there. I know. Um, anyway, Arkansas. Anyways. Arkansas. <laughs> so, um, so imagine if they took that drug drop in Arkansas and just lit it on fire. There'd be a lot of high people. True, but that's not the point. Oh, right, yeah. The sorry. point is, that's a lot of money. Oh, right, yeah. That that's would be a terrible. lot of money. And so, it should be mentioned, though, he did write a letter to Queen Victoria, because Queen Victoria is queen at this time. Georgie, no, not no longer around. Um, so, Queen Vic- he appealing to her morality to stop the opium trade, stating, like, look what you're doing to my country. Maybe you should stop. Uh, she left him on red. Right. Never answered him. Quite rude. Ghosted him. Uh, Got she, it. She didn't ghost him. She was obviously still there. Right. And still listening. Just didn't bother to respond. Mind you, like, you can't be blamed. She's, the sun never set on the British Empire. There was tons of things, but. Yeah, you get, plus at ain't least, nobody got time At least go, okay. Just at least send a message back going. Just K. the letter K. Just the letter K. It's I the mean, most passive aggressive thing you can say. Well, clearly not answering is incredibly passive aggressive. I too. don't know. If you're gonna be passive aggressive, at least act like there's an open communication. No, I feel like the K is worse. You think so? Yeah, I think worse than. Well, we'll not go back responding. in a time machine and just send a scroll saying K. K. All right, perfect. <laughs> I love it. Um, also, he did try to get them to give him their opium in exchange for tea, which is baffling to me because. Didn't a whole war in the United States happen just less than 100 years prior over us dumping a bunch of tea? I mean, we just threw some things in the water. Well, no, because they were, you know, you know, the tea that was dumped into the Boston Harbor was these giant bricks of tea. Those bricks could last an entire family over a year. Well, yes. So that's thousands of dollars. So, like, he's offering to take, here, let me take your opium. Here's this tea that you can definitely sell and it won't get anybody hooked ex- unless you know you're you and me who right. survive off of caffeine and then we're fucked. But mostly th- just coffee. This, I mean, yeah, but sometimes like, have you ever had mate? That shit's some nice caffeinated tea. No, tea makes me tired regardless. Really? Of what it is. Even huh. black tea. I don't know. Hmm, yeah. Could well, mate, be mate is a anyway. Kind of Anyways, it's probably it's probably your brain just because it's cozy time. It's cozy time. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, that didn't work. So he just fucking burned their shit. He was just like, fuck it. I tried. Fuck it. Done. You know, I wish I could solve all my problems that way. You could, arguably. I could, but also get arrested. That's arson, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Some of your problems involve people. Right. And that's attempted murder, too. Ooh. And now it's on the record. Oh, shit. We're not. She's not an arsonist, everybody. I think she she likes fire, but not that much. No, I don't. No, I don't like fire at all. It scares me. Wink. (laughs) (laughs) Not supposed to say wink. Oh, right. Well, I was winking, but they can't see me. (laughs) Anyways. Anyway. So that, as I said before, with the comparison to the uh, Arkansas drug drop, um, is a lot of money. They lost a shit ton of money when they burned this. 
And the British Empire, they don't just work off of like IOUs. Like money is money is money is money. They're still they're a rich empire, but they still can't lose over a thousand tons of a product. Well, it doesn't matter if it's opium like or if it was tea. Yeah, don't fuck with the British Empire's money. Or anybody's money. Or anybody's money. But specifically in the seventeen and eighteen hundreds, the British Empire's money. You right. do not fucks with their money. Because they get really mad. They get really pissed off. Really up. pissed off. Right. I mean, understandably so if somebody even took ten dollars of my stuff and burned it i would come after them and their family like as if it was the most important thing but i'm also a broke person so i've got nothing to lose right they are not broke but they still also don't really have much to lose because they're the british empire at this at this let's make it perfectly clear the british empire is scary and i posted a thing on our instagram that actually is a good comparison because they are they're scary they were a huge powerhouse. They still kind of are. Like, if they wanted to, they still could be. Well, don't encourage them. Uh, don't, don't. Just stay, just stay in your lane, Britain. We don't feel it. You guys. No, now you're challenging them. <laughs> you're <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Challenge accepted. Hi, Britain. Anyways. Uh, anyway. Anyways. So love your that scones. Was a lot of <laughs> love your scones. Love your scones. Um, <laughs> and some of your TV is really good. Broadchurch, man. Great. Anyway. David Tennant's. Mm. Just keep producing David Tennant's. Or um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. Just give me all of that. Yes, please. Anyways. Harry Potter. So <laughs> <laughs> We like Harry Potter, too. Anyway. Um, anyways, so that's a lot of money. And the dealers pressured the government of London after this. The dealers, the merchants. I call them dealers. They're right. merchants because, but they're dealing a drug, so dealers. I mean, they're dealers um, now. So they pressured London to demand that Beijing repay them in full, stating that they had no right to confiscate their wares. So many wares. I mean, so Animal, cra- animal Crossing. Well, We're going to Timmy and Tommy this. So uh, I've never played Animal Crossing. You should. It's adorable. No, I can't. You <laughs> the town would die. <laughs> the town would die. Anyways. Can you so set things on fire? Like, can I recreate no, this? No, but there's but a lot of animal bugs crossing? that show up if you don't show up after a while. Oh. Well, anyways. Like, so anyways. So, so many wares. Um... But, you know, it's their country, so they have a right to do whatever the heck they please, is basically how Beijing looks at this. They have a right to do whatever they want. And, of course, Daoguang refused to do any of this. Note again, this is later in his reign. Yeah. But whatever. Still, I wouldn't do anything. Still, it's like it's not. It's like halfway through his reign. He's, he's there till 1850. But, but anyway, he's like, yo, this is my country. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah, exactly. He's divined by God. This is the problem with kings, everyone. Kings and queens, mostly kings, because... Toxic masculinity, man. Uh, you know. If you want to listen, talk about that, just go on other podcasts because this history is full of toxic masculinity and just what men doing whatever they want because of. Their I can't penis? wait. I need to find a captive audience member that's male because right now all I got is women and this is going to be strictly us tearing into men. Men suck. <laughs> it's they're you guys are dreadful. Work on it. Work you on your work dreadful. on it. I'm sorry about your small penises. Not all of them. I know, but that's like but, yeah, but the ones that conquer shit usually. Probably. Yeah. We gotta, don't know. I gotta make up for my size with a country. We do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole new version. Anyway. Anyway, so obviously he refuses. Um. So the British responded in a very British fashion at this time with a squ- squadron of warships and the British Navy, as through most of history is as britain itself scary it's th- the navy is up to date their navy is the best navy in the world and will be the best navy in the world for a long long time 
because they're an island. Best way to defend an island is put out fucking boats. 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 Tons of boats. Boats, boats and, and hose. Boats and, bo- <laughs> boats and hose. Boats and hose. Um, anyways, so, and they blast the towns to ruins. It's called gunboat diplomacy. Oh. And isn't that a cute term? It's so cute for, it's, you uh, know, like the mass carnage that was probably happening. Right. So, um, and then afterwards they marched into the city, um, slaughtering civilians all along the coast. Because, you know, the civilians were the one who sold the opium, right? Well, of course. Obviously. Always. Let's kill them. Um, so they did this relentlessly for three years. Three years. Years. Obviously, this is the opium one, war one. This is the first opium this war. This is just why. I, I mean, this is how it started, guys. It, it, um, Lynn just burned their shit and then war. And because then war. because they didn't want to pay for it. Well, um, I mean, you know. <sighs> that's what I do when I don't want to pay for things. You start a, no, no, no. No, no, no. The Chinese didn't start the war. Well, they kind of did by burning the ship, but the gunboat diplomacy was all the British. Gunboat so they diplomacy. didn't pay, so the British were like, okay, cool, we're just going to destroy your ship. Um, which is fine. But then eventually, after those three years, the Treaty of Nanjing, Nanjing, we're going to call it Nanjing because... I'm like, going to call him nothing because I'll butcher the pronunciation. It's just Nan and then Jing. Nanjing. See, you did all right. You know, oh. Your your, Brit- your American accent was rough, but well... Whatever, I'm American. You're True. Um, we both are. <laughs> both born and raised <laughs> white American. What? Yeah. Anyways, it I was like signed in... I like the disclaimer on that. Yeah, it's, yes, please. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. We are, unfortunately, white girls. I love pumpkin spice. I don't. She doesn't, but she's still just as white as I am. Anyway, That's debatable. There's no debate. <laughs> I don't own Uggs. Neither do I. All right, then. Let's move on. Anyways. All right. Back to this. So in August of 1842, they signed a treaty uh, known, known as the Treaty of Nanking Nanjing. Um, this would be considered by the Chinese and throughout history as the first of the unequals treaties. Please note that it's plural, meaning there are multiple. As you yell. There's a bunch of unequal treaties, and I'm going to go into a few of them, and goddamn. Why are Um, you yelling at me? (laughs) And uh, this would also begin uh, a term which is commonly known as the century of humiliation for China. That is why I'm going to mention that this topic itself is a very sensitive topic for Chinese and of Chinese descent. But we're going to get back to that later. Um, Side note, the term unequal treaties wasn't termed until around 1930 by a professor named Dong Wang. Don't you fucking laugh. I didn't say anything. (laughs) Anyways, uh, (laughs) eyebrows raised, guys. I didn't say anything. That's not a weird name, I'm just saying. Um, No, I'm just just actually There is no clear number of how many unequal treaties there were. Because some of these are backdoor treaties. Some of these happened around the same time but might not be considered unequal treaties. But there's no clear number. Different scholars say different things. Nobody's on the same page. As always, um, they are considered unequal because they were not negotiated by nations treating each other as equal. After each war, the unequal treaties um, were sure to treat the Western powers and Japan later on to all the spoils by encroaching on China's sovereign rights and essentially reducing them to a, a empire or to a semi-colonial status. Uh, that's by a uh, historian, Emmanuel Su. I think I said that right. It's in a different kind of translation of Chinese and I don't know that kind. It's not Emmanuel, imp- though. Emmanuel, well, Emmanuel, he's, he's, 
Emmanuel. He, may, he might be from the Philippines. I don't know. I didn't look him up. I'm sorry, Emmanuel. God. Um, but anyways. How dare you? Case in point, and I'm going to probably say this in multiple episodes in this entire podcast, imperialism is the devil. What? It's the worst. All of our problems that happen now is because of imperialism. I'm going to say it. There it is. Imperialism is the worst. I am so against it. I would wear a shirt that says imperialism is the devil to every museum I go to, any political rally I go to, because I feel very strongly. (laughs) This is why she's a rebel. I am not a rebel. Everybody should feel that imperialism is the devil. It's the worst. And if you don't believe in the devil, imperialism is awful. Just, just. What if I like imperialism? I'm going to punch you in the eye and you're no longer going to be a pretty model. Oh, well, don't hit the face. <laughs> <laughs> just, just hit anything else. I'm going to hit the face. All right. So, so do you like imperialism? I hate it. Thank you. Yeah. <sighs> God it's great. It. Anyways, <laughs> another school of thought goes back to the edicts that I said in early. Uh, another historian named Elizabeth Cobbs counters the view about the unequal treaties, saying that these treaties were a direct result of the Chinese being resistant to any sort of treaties as they saw that other nations were inferior, so they did not see themselves as equals. That's kind of victim-blaming, but I can see where she's coming from because we read the parts of the edicts. He straight up was like, oh, good job submitting to a fucking king. Yeah, but, you know, imperialism. Fucking imperialism. Devil! 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 God, I hate imperialism. Anyways, I feel like I'm just going to use that against you now. <laughs> it's going to trigger just, some serious war flashbacks. Just I'm just going to imperialism. I'm just going to be twitching. Uh. I'm going to be twitching, punching walls. It's not going to be good. It's going to be great. It's fucking hot in here, by the way. It is hot in here. <laughs> Spicy. Spicy. <laughs> Anywho, uh, this here are the terms good. of the unequal treaty. The first unequal treaty, the Treaty of Nanjing, by the way. Uh, abolishment of the Canton system. Op- which means opening of four treaty ports throughout China. I'm going to give you the old names and the names that they go by now so to kind of give you a context of where these are located. If you wanted to look at a map, it's not required, but there will be a test later. Oh. There is no test. Oh, crap. I'm just going to test carry. Oh, good, because I'll <laughs> fail. But we, you do as, wo- as one would expect. Anyways, so the cities are the port cities now are Amoy, which is Xiamen, uh, Fu Chu Cho, which I'm sorry, Fu Chu Fu Cho Fu Fu Cho Fu, which is Fuzhou. Which now you know why I like the new names because Fu Cho Fu. It's spelled really funny. I can't help but giggle. Oh my god. Um, there's Ningpo, which is Ningbo. That's not too different. And da 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 da, Shanghai. Oh, good. I know that one. Yeah, you know where Shanghai. You should know where Ningbo is. I don't know where anything is. I can get lost in my <laughs> own neighborhood. You have. It's true. I've seen I it. I know. I've yeah. seen it. Uh, trying to get her to park in the parking lot outside my house is a problem. I park on the street. Whatever. I can see your house from here. I don't <laughs> see why. Whatever. We're not going to Passive aggression. Whatever. Imperialism. Okay. It's the problem. Okay. Anyways. So that's that. I'm going to imperialist not only, you. Uh, not only did they gain rights to trade in these cities, but they also get to sound co- send consuls to, to these treaty ports and communicate directly with Chinese officials. There's no more of the local Chinese officials. These are straight up the Chinese officials before they were dealing with local merchants and they had really no say. So now they're going directly to the Chinese officials, cutting out the middleman. Uh, there are fixed tariffs and no arbitrary f- taxation of goods, which sucks because that's how the Chinese made money. Um, so they pay, um, the Chinese are ordered to pay the British six million silver dollars, 
uh, later on they don't put things into and none of the articles I can find put it into anything they call it tails or something I don't freaking know but this one luckily said six million silver dollars uh, for the opium that, that was destroyed by Lin, by, by our man Lin um, two million in compensation for debts of the merchants in Canton because they couldn't sell their products because it's all gone so they make no money but they didn't they kill all the merchants they didn't no the, the British this is to the British merchants oh okay. the British merchants the, oh, remember oh. we this sheriff is unequal only cares about the British right got it anyways so and in addition they paid twelve million in war reparations because you know war reparations always work out well of course they do yeah um, they, it's not like they start any other kind of wars m- radicalized any sort of thinking no of course and not just ruin economies no it just works it's a, it, it just it works fucking works it works until guys and and until. The reparations were paid in full. British troops would remain in Gulangyu and Zhao Baoshan. I don't know where those are. I didn't look it up. Oh, me neither. My bad. Just these are these are cities. They're cities somewhere. I suck. I should have looked them up. Oh, whatever. Usually I know. Do you want where me to Google are. it? No. Well, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. They already know. Imperialism. Imperialism. Okay. They That's also why. they also ceded Hong Kong to the British Empire, and we all remember. The British Empire owning Hong Kong. I mean, you were alive in 1997, right? Uh, probably. You were definitely alive. I think I was. I mean, you're my. You're you're only like a couple months younger than me. Uh, I'm like a full year younger than you. Couple months. <laughs> oh right, shit. Couple fucking months. Right, whatever. Um. Anyway, I don't math, guys. <laughs> um. I'm <no>. pretty. <laughs> She's a model, guys. I'm a model, guys. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, this was later amended during the Second Convention of Peking, which is after the second um, opium war and they had a 99 year lease in 1898 they were given a 99 year lease of hong kong which is why in 1997 all that shit happened with hong kong it now is owned by the chinese government but it was owned by the british until 1997 the effects of this war were affecting china until 1997 i think i was like six can you do math no what not year? at all you were born in no, I would have been. Whatever, we're not gonna do math. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> anyway, she's pretty, guys. Uh, I swear to God, she's pretty. I was eight. She's pretty. Uh... <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> she's pretty, guys. Yeah, I'm pretty, guys. She's very pretty. Well, she'll be the one that we put pictures of and on things. Oh wait, when is this? What? None of us are pretty. Uh, I'm not pretty enough to be the face of this. Oh, podcast. you're gorgeous, darling. So my captive audience members will be the face of this. Oh, card. stop it! You're Any- gorgeous. Oh God, when did she get here? Um. Anyways, following the treaty, there were amendments and stipulations. Treat the um the treaty of Bogu. I don't I don't even know. It's 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 romanticized and I it's not I, I can't. Um, in I just, 1843, uh, with the British is the last amendment. Um. This entered a new term considered called favored nation status, which means you get all the benefits of the British treaty without actually fighting in the war. So the Treaty of Wenxia in 1844 is when the U.S. got the favored nation status. Sweet. Because even though they didn't do anything in the war, they were like, I want the piece, a piece of, I want, I want the shit. If you don't, I'm going to do stuff. You know, and then later on, you've got the Treaty of Huang, Huangpu, which is in also in 1844, which is France. France is like, monsieur, I still want the shit. I don't know. I don't speak French. I, monsieur. I, I do not know. I'm very bad. I, I only speak two different languages and none of them are French. I speak English and bad English. 
thank you so much, Bruce Willis. You're welcome. Anyway, <laughs> um, then there's the Treaty of Canton in 1847. Uh, and that's when the United Kingdom of Sweden and Norway jumped in. Love did you Norway. know that Sweden and Norway actually had a stake in all this? Sh- because, like, they Wait, did. I thought they didn't, like, get involved they in anything. They were also imperialists. Oh. Because they were kingdoms at this time. Again, kings and queens. Kings. Fuck you guys. Kings. I'm not, I, I'm, I don't mean that. Uh, long live the queen, I guess. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, right. There I is, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there is a living monarch. Long live the queen. Right. I guess I, I'm American. Fuck that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't America. know anything. Um, and, and I know things. I know shit. Oh, I don't. Oh. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Anyway. Then there's the Treaty of Kulja in 1851 when the Russians get involved. Yes. Now Russians. the Russians are the ones who live the closest to China, other than Japan. They live the closest. They're the most immediate threat, but they weren't very aggressive at this point. They're too busy drinking vodka. Also, it's Siberia. That that's where you send all the bad people. Oh right, yeah, because it's cold. It's fucking cold. Because it's cold. <laughs> it's cold. Understatement of the year. Anyways, so um, it was a bit different. It was in um, in ni- 1803. Alexander the first sent a representative to open the borders, but the uh, obvi- the representative obviously refused to kowtow because they don't see the sovereignty of other nations and all that fun stuff. Like, when in Rome, guys, just. Toxic masculinity again. Go like see just, the just Coliseum. Just suck up your pride, and just do what you need to do. If you if you really wanted it, you would just do what you needed to do. Ooh, no, 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 no. For the Don't sake bow of peace? for nothing. <laughs> Apparently, toxic masculinity runs in females now too. Sometimes. <clears throat> Anyways, <clears throat> so that was a no from China. They were like, nah, nope. Keep your board. Nope, nope. Bye. Um. So, the the Treaty of Kulja, um opened two new ports to Russia, which was Hu- which was Huiyan and Ningyan. Uh, and then there's uh, also, wh- wh- which is now known as those two, but it was Kulja back then. And then there's Chugochak, which again, I speak Chinese, I guys. feel like you should have practiced pronunciating. It's, it's now modern Tachung. Pronunciating? Pronunciating. Now it's modern Chachung, guys. Um, see, I can say, I can pronunciate. Sure. Um, and I then can. opened them to trade. Uh, the Qing denied uh, ka- uh, Kashar, which is a different, which is a different place. So Russian uh, consuls uh, could reside in Xinjiang and Yili, and Tarbagatai. Uh, this uh, resulted in neglected borders at the start of the 19th century. They l- neglected their borders to Russia because they were like they seem to be listening. Yeah, they're cool. Um, right. <laughs> Temperature-wise, they are. Yeah, they're cool. Anyways, so. There are many other unequal treaties between the first and the second opium wars, but there are with further conce- concessions and stipulations and treaties. Quite frankly, it's tedious and fuck. I, I tried reading some, like, and then your eyeballs exploded. I can't exploded. be a diplomat. It's just it's just convoluted language saying the same nope. thing in different. You can't be a diplomat because you just say what you're thinking. Yes. Yes. Imperialism is the devil. What? I, I can just see it now. I just go up to the British Empire and be, like, be like, imperialism nah, is the devil. Hi, how are you doing? Anyways, also I'm female. Oh, yeah, problem. right, yeah. So, something that must be discussed because it greatly affects the next opium war is the Taiping Rebellion. Uh-huh. Uh, we aren't going to go too far into it because there's going to be a supplemental small episode about it. Oh, this um, is mini-me. Yeah, this is going to be the mini-episode. Mini-me. We are going to do mini-episodes because there's sometimes I just want to talk about other shit. Um... 
That was really fast. I want to talk about other shit, guys. <laughs> I talk very fast sometimes. Yes. Um, we're not going to go too much into detail, but it's going to but it's kind of fun. Uh, the rebellion uh, this was a rebellion obviously against the Qing dynasty that lasted from 1850 to 1864. I know you don't do math very well. That's 14 years. Yes, I I got it. Okay. That one. Cuz uh, even numbers are helpful, man. Yes. Um it That's was run it. by a cult called the God Worshipping Society. Yes. Which I'll I'll tell you the Chinese word for it during the other episode. Um, it's led by a self-proclaimed prophet. Aren't they always self-proclaimed? I love self-proclaimed prophets. <laughs> um, oh, wait, Ho- no, run by God, guys. God. Well, he's he's the prophet of God. Yes. Uh, Hong Xiu Qian. We're going to call him Hong. Okay. When when we talk about him. Well, right. Because I'm not going to make you say Xiu Qian. I won't even call him for breakfast. <laughs> um, during the Taiping Rebellion, the rebels seized Nanjing for over 10 years. And by the end of the cl- conflict, 20 million people would be dead. These are 20 million able-bodied people, meaning these are soldiers. There's 20 million people dead that could have fought against encroaching imperialism. And wait, they they kill their own people? I know, it's weird. All right. But civil wars happen. Oh, right, yeah. Anyways, but this isn't a civil war. This is strictly a rebellion. This is the because cult. Because this is a cult. Right. This is, this is what happens when militarized cults actually happen, like... But remember, there's always a doomsday thing with cults and blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, we'll all die we're not, a, we're not a true crime cult podcast. If you want that, just go to the many true crime, let me shut up, dog, true crime podcasts like, uh, I don't know, go to go to last podcast on the left. They're the best. Google. Or or Google. Google. Google works. Google just works. Just Google everything. Um, so I'll give you more ep- uh, details in the mini episode, which we're recording right after this, Carrie. Oh, good. Um, the reason I mentioned the Taiping Rebellion is it kind of loops back to the quote from Jonathan Spence, I believe, um, <coughs> stating that his reign was littered with external disaster and internal rebellion. The external disaster is obviously the gunpowder diplomacy. The internal rebellion is the Taiping Rebellion. That shit lasted a long ass fucking time. Good old culty cult. Culty cults, man. Culty cults, man. Culty could, you ima- cults. could you imagine if like Manson got militarized oh or oh crap what's a good cult jonestown no wait what am i thinking of i don't know i don't know either. i'm not i don't okay. try to think of your i don't you know should your mind i love cults cults are fun cults are great <laughs> cults are fun to talk about so you're really gonna like the typing rebellion <laughs> i love that's cults. gonna be fun cults are my favorite. now back to the opium wars we're done with cults all oh, right for now later 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 so back to the opium wars it should be noted that the second opium war is a direct result of the first obviously because if what? it wasn't it'd be called something else um, in fact, some argue that it is essentially the same conflict separated by about 16 years of uneasy peace. A perfect example of the uneasy p- peace is the ex- expedi- yeah. expedition to Canton in which British capture several forts on the Pearl, which is the Zhejiang River, um, starting at the Homan Strait. Okay. So this was in response to British subjects being attacked by Chinese near Canton. Uh, before launching the, an attack, the governor of Hong Kong, John Davis. Now, remind you, Hong, Hong Kong is chi- is is a Chinese Chinese people live there, but it's run by the British. Of course, it's a colony essentially because everything is British. Uh, sun never sets, bitch. Right. Anyways, so they demanded a response from the Chinese commissioner of the area, Qi Ying. Um, in Manchu, his, his name is Ke Ying. Ke Ying is how he's written in like all the articles I read. But sure, I don't like Manchu. It's confusing. Um. Which you don't even know what that is. No, I don't. Qing, or Ke, whatever you want to call him. He becomes important later. Um, he's one of the main negotiators later. Put a little footnote in there. Put, yeah, just remember Qi. Or Qi Ying. Little, little footnote. Remember him. Okay. Um, 
they were unhappy with his initial response, and it resulted in the British seizing the forts. Like, it's a little, a little dramatic. Why don't you try again? No. Um, gotta get the forts. Canton was ultimately spared because Qing agreed to punish those who attacked the British subjects. But, again, shit was tense. Like, they, the people... People who weren't involved in merch and buying and selling and all that stuff were attacking British subjects within China. Obviously, shit was tense between the British and the Chinese. Right. Eggshells. Eggshells all up in that bitch. Right. Um, the Second Opium War is sometimes known as the Arrow War due to the incident in October of 1856 when the sh- a ship called the Arrow was seized under suspicions of piracy. Now, mind you, piracy is illegal, obviously. What? But it is also in the Treaty of Nanjing that piracy is illegal and the British will help with taking care of piracy. Because you all think about Pirates of the Caribbean and all that fun shit, but there is also a pirate problem in Southeast Asia at this time. No, there's not. They had really cool ships, though. I know. Um, and I, a lo- I don't and one see of, them one as of a the, problem. One of, the, one of the, I don't remember her name, and maybe one day I'll do something on pirates. But uh, uh, You should totally, and I'm on I'm uh, yeah, all yeah, of that. Yeah. You'll yeah. be the captive. You'll be the willing participant at that point. Yes. Um. But there's one. There's one famous Chinese pirate who was actually female. She's a badass bitch. I can't remember her name. There was a lot of female pirates. I know, but like this one is like a famous yeah. Chinese pirate. She was the bad bitch. She was a badass bitch. She was badass bitch. Badass bitch. Right. Um. Anyways, so back to this. <laughs> it, was, it was it was seized under suspicion of piracy. The area the arrow was previously used at for piracy. But it was seized and resold by the Chinese government. So it was a pirate ship, but it was seized and then resold to make money. Right. Um, it was a registered British ship now, though the registration was expired. <laughs> I mean, your car is still your car. As long as you, you don't get to... pulled over. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they got pulled over. Oh, okay. Um, so the captain was... The... Hold on. My foot's numb. Oh, her foot's numb. The brake light was out. She had to get pulled over. Anyways, so the captain was... the captain sorry about that guys um the captain was a man named thomas kennedy kennedy stated that he witnessed chinese men seize the ship and pull down the british flag um word to the wise don't mess with the british's flag especially at this time that is a huge insult to mess with the british flag at this time you don't take it down you don't take down just it's kind of like the 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 u.s flag now like, if the U.S. flag touches the ground, you're supposed to bury it or something? Uh, I think you're supposed to burn it. I'm pretty sure burning flags is a bad idea. No, but, like, ceremoniously, not... We'll look into that. Um, we're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do Anyways, that. so he stated that he witnessed them pull down the British flag. This is obviously is a huge insult. I don't know if it's an insult anymore. If, if when I release this, we get... I feel like they wouldn't be happy about it. Yeah, I mean... I guess I, if if when we release this, we get some British listeners. Let me know, yeah. Um, because I don't really, I'm not British. I've never been to British. I'd love I'm British. I've never <laughs> been to British. <laughs> I've never been to England or anything like anywhere in that general. I've never been to Europe. I um, have. I hate you. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm going to China and uh, not You're going China. To Japan. I'm not Japan. Yes, I know. I'm aware. We were talking. about I expect China. a lot of Pokemon things. Oh yeah. Yes, all of Absolutely. them. All of them. Yes. I like cute things. Despite my spooky appearance, I love cute things. Uh, nobody can see your appearance, so you could be. I'm really like, spooky, guys. You're not at spooky, all spooky, spooky, spooky. With your like blonde hair and it's dyed blonde. I know. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. I trailed <laughs> off. Yeah. I, I, yep. Um. Anyways, spooky, spooky. Anyways, ghosts. It should be noted that there those who were arrested on the arrow were Chinese. 
12 out of the 14 Chinese crew members were arrested. So they didn't arrest British citizens, but they arrested Chinese citizens who were in the employ of the British Empire. So there was only two that weren't Chinese? No, these they, there were 14 Chinese crew members. 12 of them were arrested. Oh, okay. So only two got out of it. I don't know what they did. Jump ship. Maybe they had money to bribe. The, as always, as in back in this time, a lot of shit could be done with bribery. I love Arguably bribery. can still be done with bribery net to this day, but we're not going to comment about this because I don't know enough about it. It's not history. I mean, what is yesterday but history? I bet you think you're real pro poetic I right really now. do. <laughs> she, at least she's pretty, guys. <laughs> Anyways, so. Uh. Harry Parks, who was the British con- consul in Canton, contacted the imperial commissioner and viceroy of Lian Guang, uh, his name is Ye Ming Qian, uh, to demand the release of the crew and a formal apology for the insult to the flag. Because, again, don't fuck with the flag. Uh, Ye, we're going to call him Ye because I don't feel like saying the full name. I'm sorry if that's disrespectful. Oh, I don't totally. think it is because... It's, just an, it's a nickname. It's a last name. I'm call, It's basically, I could call him Mr. Ye, but we're going to call him Ye. Ye was like, okay, but, you, but only nine will go free. And then he didn't, uh, I mean, I may be paraphrasing, but he's like, okay, but only nine. But only nine. Um, and at this point, he refused to release the last, and, and and he just wouldn't release the last three. Um, On October 23rd, the British destroyed four barrier forts. A bit dramatic, but, you know. For three people. For three people. Three right. people that aren't British citizens. So I think it's just at this point, they're like, fuck you, I don't. Fuck you, I'm burning shit. Yeah, fuck the shit. You bo- they may, might be still a little bit sore. From Lynn. Little butt hurt. Lynn burning all their shit, if we remember. Yes. They might be. We don't know. Uh, I am i didn't know these British guys. I did not know Harry Parks. I didn't know anybody involved. They're a little butt hurt. Yeah. Maybe. Um, on October 25th, they demanded entrance into the city, and the next day they began to bombard the city. It is said that there was one shot every 10 minutes. So nobody's getting any good night's sleep here. Right. So um, Sleep with one eye open. <laughs> I mean, if you could close an eye, that's impressive. But, but then again, the, the opium was around, guys. So uh, so everybody was sleeping real good. Maybe. I, I'm Again, I didn't really look into how it was going on in the city. There's not much known about it. Um, if there is, send me those sources. I'd like to read them. The internet. The internet didn't tell me. I looked. I scoured. But also, uh, we all know how I do things. Um, well, they don't. I'm a last-minute person sometimes. She did I've all been this doing, yesterday. I've been doing research on this for weeks, and then I just crunched down and did the re- the end of this research and the research for the mini-sode last night, which is when we were supposed to be recording. Yeah, which is a good thing that I had plans then. You're a model. I'm a model. It was, it, did you make it to that audition, by the way? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Bitch. There'll be another one. Anyway, oh, as there always is. Um, So anyways, back to this. Shot every 10 minutes, that sucks. Arguably, yeah, didn't respond correctly either as he put a bounty on every British head that can be taken after the bombardment. Yes. So, like, if you wanted peace, that's not the way to go. If I wanted you to stop, like, throwing shit at my house, I wouldn't say, kill all of Carrie's friends. I mean... I, I probably would. <laughs> Why are you throwing shit at my I house? Mean, I'm gonna kill all your friends. <laughs> um, anyways. <laughs> um... Nobody really wanted peace, obviously. What? <laughs> like, they were... Th- it was... <sighs> Men. Men. Um. Anyways. These boys. <laughs> it's like it's boys. 
It should also be noted that the Americans were also involved. <laughs> good old America. Good old America. Good old America. Good thing we're in involved. this conflict. And on the 29th, a hole was blasted through the wall of the city. And just like on the moon, we damn near planted a, a flag there. We just walked James up Keenan and like planted mine. a flag on the walls of Ye's house. Well, because, you know, he this didn't whole just problem planted didn't it in like just a random area. He just went, this is mine now. Oh, yeah, you're under arrest. Oh, yeah, you're under arrest. Here's my thing. But not oh, yes. And like, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, Mr. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, negotiations failed shortly after uh, and I the city was again bombarded. I can't see how that would fail. <laughs> you don't own this just because you plant your flag there. I wish people would oh, understand. Damn. Land can't be owned, but we're, we're not again. Imperialism is the devil. <clears throat> I'm twitching. Um, <laughs> the city would continue to be bombarded in intervals until January. Remember, this started at the beginning, at uh, the mid-spooky season, October. Oh, and it goes till after, after after Merry season, Christmas. Uh, Merry and whose definition? Well, they say Merry Christmas, so I'm going. Oh, oh, well, right, they yeah. say, uh, these are the British. This is happy season. It's happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Yeah. Whatever, I hate Christmas. Vanessa, anyway. I don't like Christmas either. It's anyway. But again, Jewish. I don't like Christmas. I'm not Jewish. I don't hate it, but I don't really like it. We're not going into this. Digress. Um, The city would continue to be bombarded in intervals until January 5th. So they even went past the New Year, but it's not the Chinese New Year, so it don't matter. Um, January 5th, 1857. Okay, 1857. Uh, When the British returned to Hong Kong. So they didn't technically say, like, oh, no, we're not doing this. They just went back to Hong Kong. And I don't know if you know anything about Guang- where Guangdong is in nope. relation to Hong Kong. But you can literally see Guangdong from Hong Kong. So you can creep on it? You can see what's going on. Right. So you can I mean, you're not close enough that you can, like, fire cannons. But, oh. I mean, there's a bridge that goes from Shenzhen, which is in Guangdong, across the bay to Hong Kong. It's a bridge. You can drive across it. Okay. Anyway. Anyways. So uh, so they just returned. They just went, fuck it. We'll just go back to Hong Kong. So it seemed like the conflict wasn't really popular in Britain either. The British gov- government voted down any further conflict in a vote in March. They were There was a re-election in April, which increased the for-the-war majority. We're not going to go into the political parties. There's something called the Whigs, the Tories. I don't know. If, are the Tories still around? I don't even know. I don't um, th- I'm American, guys. The ones um, that wear the powdered wigs. Yeah. You can do whatever you want, man. Oh. D- don't do not do whatever you want, but oh. don't do oh. whatever you want. Yeah. Like, n- you can, no, you can hold it. I'm just saying, like, just don't throw it. Well, I wasn't going to throw it. I don't know with you. <laughs> okay? I um, just didn't feel like sitting. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I understand. I, I gotta d- sit like a jerk. <laughs> I'm American. Anyways. um, So, like, back to, we digressed again. Um, so there was another re-election in April, and the For the War majority um, came back, and they reached out to the U.S. and Russia to because they wanted an alliance. Um, U.S. and Russia really weren't interested. They didn't really have a huge stake in the opium trade, because again, opium comes from India, guys. Um, the British colonized India. So they'd have to pay the British to buy opium to sell in China. So they're, no they're buying things to sell things, and... It's a whole thing. It's uh, it, um, they the the Chinese. I mean, the Russian and the the U.S. were just not interested. It's just they just weren't interested. Too luckily, quote unquote, we're doing luckily in quotes again. The Indian Mutiny, 
uh, which we may cover in the future. I I don't know. It's it's all up in the air. I don't want people to think that I hate the British. I oh, don't yeah, hate so the British, but you guys were scary in history, and you did a lot of fucked up shit. We're scared. <laughs> you guys are fucking scary. <laughs> um, <laughs> like as a historian, and I, I mean, I have the degree in history. It is unknown across the board. The British are scary. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, oh, you guys are scary. Drink some tea, eat some scones. Please leave me alone. Um, <laughs> that doesn't work for us. <laughs> anyways. It's not going to work for them. Anyways. So um, all the troops that were supposed to go to China were, were diverted, diverted to India, obviously, to, to quell the, the mutiny. It's a mutiny. They're calling it a mutiny. Uh, it's, it's or a, a rebellion. It's a rebellion, but it's called a mutiny. I love mutinies. I mean, mutinies work on a ship, but how does it work for a whole country? I have no idea. Uh, how do you mutiny a country? We'll have to look. At, we'll Google that later. We'll Google that. Yeah, Google that. Unfortunately, in February of 1856, a French missionary, Father Auguste Champ de Lane. I think I said that right again, guys. Again, we're not French. I do not speak any form of French. Unless we're talking about curse words, then I do. I'm quite fluent. I am not. Surprisingly. That's weird. I know. Um, how are we French? I don't know. Uh, anyways. Hmm. Um, anyways. He was accused of stirring up an insurrection and imprisoned in Guizhou. He refused, to, he refused a bribe because, again, anything can get done in China at this time with a bribe. As in most countries at this time. You bribe the right people, you can get out of almost anything. I feel like we could still do that now. True. Again, but this is a history podcast. We're not going to talk about current events right now. Right. Not for this topic because this isn't really too related to current events. It kind of is, but it kind of isn't. We're, we're just not going right. to. Um, we're, we're also history. not Chinese. So we can't really. Um, he refused the bribe and was sentenced to death by decapitation. Yes. Um, but only after he was severely beaten, put in this like iron, tiny iron cage and hung in the, the town square. And then they decapitated him and uh, hung his head from a tree. Oh, not on a pike? Not on a pike. No, no. We didn't do it Vlad style. Damn. But they, they hung it from a tree. It was, it, I mean, it was kind of rough. But, you know. Um, it should be noted that Guizhou and the entire province of Guangxi, which is where Guizhou was, was not open to foreigners at this time. Um, this, of course, does not justify killing the man. Uh, but he was... But you can understand why they were blatantly hostile to him. Like, they didn't, there wasn't, they, by all accounts, they were legally, within their legal rights to kill him. But probably not hanging him from a tree. Yeah, I mean, but they could have also just shipped him back to where he could have got, stayed. But, of course, they had shipped him back in the in the past. Like, he did do this before, and then he, the, he met some hostility and was shipped back. But at this time, this is 1856, this is prime Taiping Rebellion. Oh, that rebellion yes. again. Here Which it is. is involved with Christianity. So they were oh. they were a bit hostile, just a smidge hostile. So also we're not getting into Christianity in this one, are we? The Taiping Rebellion is just a different version of Christianity. Oh, Which is gonna be fun! Okay. It's gonna be fun! I love it. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna have fun. This is gonna be fun. This is gonna we're be gonna fun. We're gonna enjoy ourselves. I enjoy everything. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, so they killed him. Understandably, this didn't go over well with the French. I mean, you kill, like, French is, like, straight-up Christianity country. At, uh. like, I mean, like. Well, yeah, they're, like, they're, right like, there. They're, they're straight-up always been Catholic. Yeah. Well, that's a lie. During the French Revolution, that, we're not going to go into that. Anyway. We're not going into that. If you want to know about that, just listen to revolutions, okay? Google it. 
or listen to Revolutions if you don't feel like reading. I know you don't like reading. Why do you exp- tell people to go Google things? You have to read things you Google. Hey, go listen I'm to- not Googling it. Listen to podcasts so you don't have to read. Right. Um, so understandably, it didn't go over well with the French. So they sought an alliance with the British. And in 1857, they led a joint attack on Canton. Uh, the alliance maintained c- control of Canton for four years. And it should be noted from any point now on, uh, all things are Anglo-French assaults. Anglo-Saxon. Anglo-French, meaning oh. the British and the French. are so These are joint forces. Oh. From this point on. Although the United States did send envoys to Hong Kong to offer aid and were involved in the Battle of, of the Pearl Forts, um, you know, the bombardment that started by the Arrow, those ones, um, they were technically neutral after signing a treaty. Uh, despite... Despite that, they aided in the Anglo-French alliance because... Because we have to get our nose in everything. I mean, this is a shifty... Money. 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 They got money. The, the U.S. was a new country, newish country at this point. Um, So, money. Then We just needed money. Right. Give us money. We need money. We still need money. Anybody want to give us money? Yeah. I could me, use some give money. Give me all the money. I'm broke. Anyways. So, um, and then during the, ta- the Taku Forts bombardments, which we'll get to later, the Americans were blatantly there. Uh, Yeming Chen, remember him? Do you remember him? Yes, yes. Do you remember him? Yeah. Dude, dude who was like, yeah, nah, but only nine. Uh, eventually released the l- remaining three crew members. Who were apparently still there. But he did not honor the other treaty agreements, which led to the, begi- the beginning of the British planned assault on Canton again. Um, did we ever get out of Canton? We never get out of Canton. There's oh, okay. no way out of Canton. No, we're going to get out of Canton. All right. <laughs> You're fast-forwarding again. Oh, sorry. Um, in January of 1858, at this point, the imbi- Indian Rebellion, it's still going on. I'm sorry, the mutiny. It's still going on, but it's died down a bit, I think. I think. It, <laughs> I don't know anything about it, guys. You're looking at me like I have the answer. Uh, I wish you did. We clearly know I don't. Um, but anyways, the British and the French captured Canton. British suffered 15 deaths and 113 wounded. Oh, that's it? That's it! That's it. That yeah. is a small number. That is a small number. Like that's that is not even like that's, that's not what even I call a Tuesday. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Do, I don't made zero sense. It my made friend. none. Anyways, so Yeming Chen was captured again and exiled to Calcutta, where he starved himself to death because he was like, "Fuck you guys, I'm just not going to eat." Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, part of me wonders if maybe he was just starved to death, but also I believe that you wouldn't. Some sort of hunger strike. I yeah, don't know. I, I mean, uh, also I believe that. He would have done a hunger strike. I don't know much about him. I didn't look into him because you know, I then this this podcast can't last longer than an hour. I'm just saying. All right. Anyways, so in May of 1858, the first battle of the Taku, known as the Dagu, forts started, which was ultimately successful. Ultimately, in 18 in June of 1858, the first part of the war ended, and the treaties of Tian uh, with the treaties of Tianjin. Okay. So in May, the the first battle of the Taku Forts happened. It was successful. So then in June, they signed the treaties of Tianjin. Okay. It al- opened 11 more ports, which included Nuezhuang, which is modern-day Inko, Tamsui, which is in Taiwan, um, Hankou, which is, which is part of Wunan, and Nanjing. So Nanjing's a big deal because that is a historical capital of, of China. At times, Nanjing was the capital. Um, not during the Qing Dynasty, but Still. it was. And also, Nanjing makes it, it. It Nanjing's a big deal when you think about the Taiping Rebellion later. But okay. we're not gonna go. But we're, we're put a pin in that. Oh. Um. 
You can't keep telling me things and then putting a pin in it. How many pins do you have? Um, You'll use all of them. Oh. Okay. Anyways, so allow it, it also allowed the British, the French, the Russians, and the U.S. to establish embassies in Beijing, which is previously closed to foreigners. Like, um, McCartney got in there, but only oh, just for that part. No, George. Georgie. I know. I um, just felt like saying that. You don't even know who Paul McCartney is. I know. We went over this already. Which is a sad, sad fact and failure of the education system. Anyways. America. <clears throat> so, foreign vessels, including commercial vessels, can now navigate the Yangtze River. Big deal. Yangtze River is one of the big rivers. Foreigners can now travel to internal regions of China. Because remember, good old father Augusta? Uh, he, he, he was killed because he was in an area he shouldn't be. Right. Um. Also, and this is uh, the also for reparations, payment of four million teals. Again, I don't know what that measurement is. I tried to look it up. All it kept telling me was it's a form of measurement in Asia, um, of silver to the British and two million to France. So more reparations. More reparations, because you know they just they just have tons of money, right? Yeah, just totally. everybody's got money. And they also, as we know, messing with people's money is always going to just be a problem. So, it should be mentioned that the Russians signed a treaty of Aigun, or Aigun, hmm, which renegotiated the Chinese-Russian border. And the Russians were granted the left bank of the Amur River. This was done in May of, of, 19, of 1858, a month before signing the Treaty of Tianjin, which makes me wonder, maybe the Russians were used the bargaining chip of, we could help the British. Like, we could like, probably. But why don't you just agree to this? Yeah. So maybe that's why the Chinese agreed, but again, that's just speculation. Um, further negotiations were made in November to legalize opium. Um, this took place in Shanghai. You know Shanghai. Yes. Uh, peace, of course, didn't last, as it does, as you do. Um, in June 1859, the British led a force escorting um, a British and fresh French diplomats to Beijing, and they tried to sail past the Dagu forts again. And they were refused passage by the Chinese. It's a whole complicated thing that the leader in the Dagu Fort said, why don't you just dock here and ride from here? And they didn't want to do it. They just wanted to sail through. It was a bunch of people who just weren't willing to compromise with each other. They just didn't feel like stopping. Yeah, they were just like, uh. And this resulted in a conflict with heavy, heavy British losses. And this is known as the Second Battle of the Dagu Forts or the Taku Forts. Um, although technically neutral, the Americans assisted with as best as they could. The loss was quite a huge blow to the British ego and reignited anti-foreign resistance in the Qing imperial court. So now nobody likes anybody. Nobody wants to deal with anybody. And it's just not a good time. Um, and this begins the second phase of the Opium Wars. Hooray! Uh, the second phase of the second Opium Wars. Like we already, We've started the second Opium Wars. That was the, the before. Yes. But now we're in the second phase. Now we're in it's phase two. Phases. two. It's two phases. Two phases. Two phases. Two phases. Two phases. Uh, not once to waste time. In August of 1860, the forts of Dagu were destroyed in the third battle of the Dagu slash Taku forts. Just let them pass. Seriously. like we're, we're, We weren't there. Maybe other shit happened. Maybe. Um, notable, there were Chinese laborers serving with the French and the British. Again, internal struggles. Back to that Spence quote. Um, after the battle, the emperor did send a minister to the British diplomat envoy, Harry Parks. You remember, he was, he yes. was in Canton. Yes, yes. Um, but once the word reached out to them that the British had kidnapped the prefect of Tianjin, Parks was arrested. 
Um, half of Park's entourage was reportedly executed by slow slicing, which is pretty gruesome where they like tourniquet off limbs and they just slice you to kind of prolong your suffering. Ew, gross. Um, the British were obviously pissed because the when they got the prisoners back... They were all sliced up. Uh, th- I mean, half of them were. I mean, you know. And they were pretty pissed. They couldn't identify bodies. They were like, what the hell? Um, ar- but ar- again, they were in war, and this is just what the Chinese did in war. It's slow slicing people. I mean, just cruel and unusual. Um, this is the 1800s. It's not even technically cruel and unusual at this point. It's this not is un- just punishment. At least it's not unusual. Um, in October of 1860, Beijing was captured by the British and French troops, and the Summer Palace was also captured. Anglo-French troops began looting the Summer Palace and the Old Summer Palace. There's two. Um, almost immediately. It should be noted that there was tons of art in the Old British, the Old Summer Palace. I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. Okay, either. so there's tons of art in those palaces, um, which is still in museums in Britain to this day. Oh, because they never got them back. They never got it back. They will never give it back. It's actually kind of a sticking point to a lot of Chinese people that I uh, I talk to that like the British will still never give it back. Just give it back. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, they also don't give back half the stuff from Egypt and all that I mean, stuff. Anything they take is theirs, I guess. It's proper looting. Uh, once Parks and his remaining entourage were freed, Lord Elgin, who had been leading the assaults, we're not going to go into him because he's just another one of those British Navy men, I guess. Um, ordered that the Summer Palace be destroyed. Beijing was never occupied, it should be noted, and the Anglo-French forces stayed outside the city, but the Summer Palace was destroyed. And you can still see the ruins if you go to Beijing to this day. Again, very sore spot for the Chinese, as well it should be. There was no need. Right. There was no need to destroy that. Like, no need. Well, there's no need to destroy half these things. But again, there was also no need to set... Those ships on fire. There was no need to destroy destroy Canton's walls. There was um, no need for the Dagu Fort battles to happen. Men. Imperialism is the devil. And that. Um, immediately after this, negotiation started. It should also be noted again. The emperor fled and left his brother, <laughs> Prince Gong, to make the negotiation. He's you like, know, in case they were going to be hostile and just kill him. They didn't. Clearly didn't like They did brother. not, but, you know. I, I can't speak for... Prince Gong's experience because I didn't really look into him. Right. Probably should have. Maybe will at some point. Uh, the Convention of Beijing ended the Second Opium War. The British and France gained permanent diplomatic presence in, in Beijing. The Emperor resisted that to the very end. He did not like that. I'm not going down without a fight. He did not like it. I mean, he didn't like, he didn't outwardly, he was very passive aggressive about it. It's like, yeah, I'll see the British later. So they had a diplomatic presence, but they didn't really get very far because the emperor didn't feel like dealing with them. Uh, Chinese had to pay 8 million teals of silver to the British and the French again. Obviously, the British kept Hong Kong, the 99-year lease I told you about, uh, sort of. It gets ratified to 99 years later. Yes. Um, The opium trade was fully legalized throughout China. And Christians were granted full rights in China, which means the right to own property and evangelize, which means they could preach. Uh, they can just go and be Christians. It opened it opened Tianjin as a trade port, which Tianjin is very high north, very close, like it's closer to Beijing than any of the others. Um, and the Chinese allowed t- were allowed to carry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The British were allowed to carry indentured Chinese to America. You know, to build. The railroads and gold mines and all that fun stuff. You know, all the out in the West. All those good things. You know, because they didn't kill them. 
or anything. It was awful. The, we might go into that too, eventually. See, as I this we is, might go the, into that. Uh, I'm 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 angry about yeah, it. Some, this is mm, so fucked up. Um, a supplementary treaty ceded Providence um, east of the Usuri River, Outer Manchuria, to the Russians. So they got all of the stuff out in Outer Manchuria, which is basically the ocean areas that were previously China in the north. Thus ends the Opium Wars. Oh no. Uh, it should be noted that not everyone in the British government were fans of the Opium War. William Gladstone, who will eventually be Prime Minister, but at this time is a member of the Parliament, cited the conflict as a most infamous and atrocious. He was, he was fiercely against both wars and highly opposed to the trade of opium in China. In May 1840, he, f- he stated he felt in dread of the judgments of God upon England for our nation's iniquity towards China. So... He didn't like it. So he was like, uh, He was pissed off about it. Like, not pissed, but he didn't like it. Um, In a famous speech he made to Parliament during the First Opium War, he cited it as a war more unjust in its origin and a war more calculated in its progress to cover this country in permanent disgrace. It is not a good point. People in British history don't look as the Opium War as some great evangelizing victory. They know what it did. They're like, it's done, fucked up. They know what it did. It should be noted, however, that uh, Gladstone's sister Helen was addicted to opium. So he might have had... Bias opinion. Yeah, he might might have been a smidge biased, but I like his bias. Because I, too, would not have supported the opium wars. But again, I'm a woman, so it wouldn't have fucking mattered. Right. I, I imagine if I lived in Britain, I would still be a woman, and it still wouldn't fucking matter. Fuck it. This is a very sensitive subject again in China and to most Chinese citizens and those of Chinese descent in any other country. Many Chinese nationalists in the 1900s would cite the opium war and the consequential opium addiction um, as press when they were pressing their followers of anti-foreign rhetoric. So they would be like, oh, you like the British? Look what they did. Look what they did. Get them the hell out. And that's fine and good. Um, the addiction to opium in China was eventually eradicated, and it was a priority to Mao Zedong, which we may cover him later, to close the opium dens. We're, I say we may. We're going to cover something we with may. Mao Zedong because some of this shit is fucked up and I get mad about it. Um, you get mad about it? <laughs> <laughs> How mad do you get about I'm, it? My blood pressure is getting really high. Thank God we're almost done. Oh, my God. Um, in addition... Uh, in many opinions and pieces that I have read. Now, mind you, the early years of Mao Zedong's reign, is there's not a lot of information in English, and there's also not a lot of information in Chinese because it's... Probably all got burned. Authoritarian rule is, is uh, interesting. Um, so, in many pe- opinion pieces I've read, it said that Mao was able to stop the opium addiction of China by industrializing and basically making men and women too busy to get addicted. Because uh, because we don't know any like people who smoke meth or are addicted to speed that don't work at the speed of light, right? Yeah, of course not. I mean, that's not a thing. But it's called I, functioning. I don't. I don't. <laughs> you know, a thing or two. Anyway, I, but um, but that being said, there are other pieces that say that he sentenced anybody addicted to opium to death, and that's like you, if you're dead, you can't be addicted to opium, right? Well, I mean, that's true. And obviously, the opium trade ended when he took over. So, yeah, there's that. Um, so, Carrie, that's, that's about all I got. So, uh, thoughts? <laughs> uh, you know, don't, 
burn shit. <laughs> it does seem that way, but I, yeah. Men don't burn shit. Imperialism sucks. Imperialism is the fucking devil. I think that might be the end of most of most reactions that everybody has. Imperialism it's is the imperialism devil. Imperialism is the devil. It's the worst. I I could go on and on. We're not going to because nobody wants to hear me rant for an hour or so. But I mean, you kind of already. I mean, are. you kind of. I just ranted about the opium wars for an hour. Well, that's the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is my podcast, guys. Yeah, screw you guys. Anyways, <laughs> so we're gonna close this out now. So that's that for, for this episode of Passionately Ugly History. Thank you, Carrie, for dealing with my justifiable rage. Oh, hey, I'm alive, guys. Um, Don't worry. <laughs> I didn't throw things this time, but there are some topics that things will be thrown. Um, I will not be present for those. As I stated earlier, this is a very sensitive subject, and I would love to know what any of you think. If you're of Chinese descent, if you're not of Chinese descent, if you're British, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be <laughs> so mean. British, I'm sorry. I, I mean, but I get angry. I say things I don't mean, and I apologize later. It's it's a bad cycle, but it's a thing. Um, it is easier to so ask if for you wanna, forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> is it, though? I'm not good at asking forgiveness either. <laughs> right. Um, so I know, uh, as I said, I would love to hear what you think. So if you want to tell me, please email me at p, as in Paul, u, dot historypodcast at gmail.com. I know my research is not perfect, so if there are corrections, please put corrections in the subject line um, and cite your sources, obviously. I don't want it to hear just your opinion. If you're going to make a correction, make sure that it's a correction and not an opinion. Um, I do like to hear your opinions unless you tell me I suck, and then I'm just going to delete it and not respond because I don't need that kind of negativity. Because I'm negative enough, guys. I'm negative enough, guys. I'm, neg I'm negative enough. Add some sugar um, to that salt. <laughs> it's very salty about a lot of <laughs> shit. Um, so... Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at pu underscore history podcast. I think is it pu underscore history. Hey, you made it. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's pu underscore history. Listen, I'm in charge of the Facebook, not the Instagram. Uh, yes, which we have a Facebook, guys. I made her set it up right before we regret it. We recorded. I didn't really make her, but she said she would she do did. it because I yeah, it's pu history podcast at uh, on Instagram. Um, yes. PU History Podcast. It has our cover art as the thing. Um, again, I have. We now have a Facebook. It's a passionately ugly history at Facebook. Oh, passionately ugly history podcast. That I don't like Facebook. I'm in there, but I don't really like it. You can blame um, my boyfriend for that. <laughs> you can look at my pretty face on that group. Yeah, she's there. She'll. She's the admin. She'll take care of it. She probably won't delete anything because she doesn't care about a lot of shit. You right. Um, I also eventually might get a twitter do you guys want me to have a twitter i can do a twitter i do the tweets and the tweet tweets the tweet tweets the i don't know i made noises. a twitter once and i deleted it i have a twitter like a personal twitter and i deleted it because people made me mad oh, and um yeah. now i have a whole podcast of being mad of being mad so um maybe later uh thanks for listening um and i do have one last question are you mad you didn't know this you probably should be what mad that you did it no that they didn't they didn't Ooh. know it probably should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>